Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Welcome to our podcast. Today we're continuing in our series of how we got here. Today I have the privilege of interviewing my pastor, Charlie McMillan, our pastor of New Life Cornerstone Church in Arizona. Welcome, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and we're going to open up um, our questions. Bill's going to start. Amen. Charlie, here's what we want to ask you, Pastor Charlie. When and where did you get saved? And what brought you to the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You know, Bill, that's a, a wonderful question, and I think about this all the time, because I know the exact minute I got saved. Amen. It's 46 or 7 years ago. We was in Houston, Texas, yep. the winter of 1976, Amen. December, and, you know, I remember it like yesterday. Amen. I was 14 years old, and that's the thing that I would like to say to everybody is you need to know the exact minute you got saved. Amen. Because it Amen. isn't just a casual thing that happens to you. Amen. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes and dwells in your mortal body. Amen. So that isn't something that you forget. That Amen. sticks with you the rest of your life. Praise Amen. God. And although Praise there's God. times you might drift into, I remember just like yesterday, the day I got saved. Amen. 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 Praise God. We was in the little church in, out of Houston, Texas. Right. And we went there that night. It was in, right right before Christmas. Hughes was there. Amen. Bobby Watson was there. Martha was there. Mm-hmm. there was just, it was packed out. Right. And I remember the man got up, and he was from Louisiana, and he preached a message. I'll never Chavis forget it. Brother Shavis. And he, Chavis. he got up, and he took his watch off, and he looked at it. And Amen. he said, it's 8 o'clock on December 17th, 1976. I wonder what people in hell are doing right now. Amen. Mm. Praise God. <laughs> and when the man said it, I recognized that I needed a Savior. Amen. It's like the Lord just revealed to me through the Holy Spirit, you're a sinner, and you need a Savior. Amen. And I remember going down, and the man prayed with me, and my life was never the same after that. Amen. The Holy Spirit came in, and it, although you drift away and do stuff, I always Amen. felt the conviction of sin from that minute on. Whenever I did something wrong, God would convict me, Amen. and he'd draw me back in. Praise Amen. God. Amen. That was good. Do you remember the first person you ever witnessed to or brought to the Lord? Well, to be honest with you, right after that happened, I couldn't believe what happened. Like, the Spirit of God was so strong in that place that I had never experienced before. Because when we was younger, we would go to on Easter, or we would go on Christmas to a a church, you know, that was our church life. And Amen. Usually Amen. most of the churches we went to, the Spirit of God wasn't moving. It was just like a ritual, like a religious ritual. Thank you. And I had never really felt the Holy Spirit. 
like I did. Amen. And the praise Amen. and worship and the altar call and the people all worshiping God. And, you know, I was so excited to say exactly who. No, but I remember I went home that night. And the next night I had a truck and I put people in like snakes in a can. There were so many of us in the front of my truck. I couldn't wait to get them back. I think Martha was in the truck and there was a bunch of girls. Everybody, I said, you got to come. You got to hear this. You got to see what's going on. And I couldn't wait to get back and bring other people in because I knew if they got there and I knew that if they got in the presence of God, that they would see what I seen. Feel what you felt. And at that time, it just seemed like God was moving unbelievable because whether you was in Houston or Los Angeles or Florida or New Mexico, where it didn't matter, you could have been in uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Thank you. And it just seemed like God was moving. It was amazing. People, there was no cell phones back then, so people, but you would get calls from people telling you, that they went to our church and they got saved. God was moving tremendous. Amen. And I remember even when we come home at night, church didn't end. That's right. Just started. You know, you'd come home and then we was all in motel rooms mm-hmm. and you'd go in a motel room like your room, Bill, or somebody's, yeah. and it was packed with people. Mm-hmm. The chain of inns was yes. the name chain of that of motel. And everybody was in the room and they were so excited about the things of God and there was no debates about anything then. We were just speaking about the love of God and what we he had done. no doctrine then. No, That's why we and it just was a tremendous debate doctrines at time in the Lord. The Holy Spirit was moving, and Praise God. it was great. And it you was. know, I'll never forget that time. That that, that was seventies. That was a great time in the Lord. And then, you know, man picked up the mantle. I had a lot of great mentors from that Amen. that time, like. Michael Newlands and Ian started ministering to us. Amen. And they helped us grow in the Lord. They were great mentors at that time for our people because mm-hmm. we were just starting out. Yep. You just know, we we didn't know anything. And then God brought us the right men. God to sent help us. men Amen. to us to preach to us. Yep. And you don't forget the people in your life that no that was there for you when you yeah. when you needed the Lord. And then as time went on, you know, you meet other people that. God uses to to bring you back, but I'll let that go for another question. I don't know what the next question was. <laughs> that, well, it was going to be the seventies, but you kind of covered that. Good. Uh, what point did you feel like you might have been called to ministry? Did you feel the Lord talking to you? Well, to be honest with you, I got saved, and then I was young, and I got married, and had kids, and was working, and going about my life. You know what I mean? And it, right. although I I loved the Lord, and I was, but it just seemed like that was a time where. Anime was holding you back. Yeah. It was just a busy time, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're young, and it just seemed like the ministry wasn't oh, right. something that I was even thinking right. about at that right. time, Amen. you know what I mean? But sure. it wasn't that I didn't serve, like, want to serve the Lord, but it just wasn't in my, which God has time in, and he knew, I guess, that wasn't the, the right, right time for it. Right. But then we went back to, when we came to this town and. 1989 you started a a building that winter you had yep. a building and yeah we started serving in the the building i would usher and she would do music amen. And i just felt like i wanted to help amen mm-hmm. you did too. i didn't feel like i wanted to speak or anything i just felt like i wanted to help mm-hmm. and then the following winter you asked me to do a men's meeting or like what and i just didn't want to do it i'd rather just do stuff i'd rather go outside in the parking lot and clean up i just didn't feel like i wanted to talk you know so we went back to 
Delaware in 1991. And I started going to the church there and through your ministry and then through Ham Parker and Eddie Smith and Billy McKenzie, they always, they was a big part of my walk with the Lord too. They would always encourage you. I remember one time I was in a meeting there and Billy came over to me and he said, you know, you need to make a tape, a singing tape. Because I'd get up one Sunday, they asked me to sing at church, and I got up and sung. And he said, God give you a healing ministry when you sing. He Praise said, I believe God. people's hearts get healed. And he said, it just, so he said, let's make, so me and him went made a tape, a singing yeah, tape. And he encouraged me into doing that. Did a lot of good, that tape, Like too. 92 or 91, that was. And yeah. they would encourage me, and they would ask me to do meetings, too, like men's meetings. Or, and I just didn't want to do it. Amen. I just couldn't speak. In front of people, which I'm sure that's a lot of people's thing. They just don't want to get up and speak yeah. in front of people. But then in about 1999, they was going over to England. Amen. And Ham called me and he said, why don't you come over with us? We're going to the big convention in England. Beautiful. There's going to be thousands of people there. and It's a good time in the Lord. And so I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll go with you. So I went over there, and at the time, I wasn't really, like I say, I was serving the Lord, but I was just not really doing much. They had meetings here, and I would help as much as I could, set up the sound system for her. But when I go to England, I'm in the meeting, and they was praying at the front. All the ministers wear ties. They all had ties on. So they asked me to come down and pray with them at the front. And as I was praying with them, I know that the Holy Spirit, not a audible voice, but you know when the Spirit of God Amen. speaks to you. And it said, how come you're not wearing a tie? <laughs> and I know what the Lord meant. Amen. So I got scared, and I went and sit at the back of the church. Because <laughs> it, it, my flesh didn't like what I heard, you know what Amen. I mean? So I went and sit at the back of the church, and a man came over to me that i never seen before in my life. He was from Ireland. And he said to me, how come you're not ministering? Just out of the blue, the man, it's like yeah. you heard from the Lord. It was confirmation. So we leaves and comes home, and I'm here in town. And You should have said, I don't have a tie. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't go buy one right then either. So anyway, we goes home, and about two or three weeks later, I'm walking through a Home Depot, and my phone rings. And when my phone rings... One of the men that was having a meeting here in the town, right. he said, the Lord laid it on my heart for you to do a meeting. I said, I really, and then it come back to me. Amen. And then I said, God's opening a door right now. Mm-hmm. And if I don't go through it, I'll regret it the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Might not be open later. I know God opened that door. Amen. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was walking through a Home Depot and my phone rang, and that laid it on this person's heart to call me. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just started from there. I just started ministering, and then it just turned Amen. into. That was God. good. That was Praise good. God. I like the part about the tie. Uh, you already answered the one question: What doors did God open for you? So that was uh, uh, your family. How hard was it? Do you feel it was raising a family in ministry, and how hard? How important is it to have your wife support ministry? Well, when we first came here and started the 
meetings in the church back in 2000. Nobody stayed in Phoenix. Like, I had never stayed anywhere in my life over no. four or five months, and we always right. wanted to go That's wherever right. the hot spot was. We wanted to go work, and I had my boys, and I, you know, right. that's what we did. So the first year I was here, it was hard. You know, you got yeah, a lot yeah. of rabbit in your blood. You got gypsy in your blood. You want to mm-hmm. still got it. You know what I mean? You want to go out and yeah. work and go in the summertime, especially here. It's so hot. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and back then it was even nobody stayed and it no. just wasn't like the thing to do. That's right. So anyway, I goes to work one day and then naturally you start getting all the calls like we're cleaning up here and. You know, we got a brand new motel for $35 a night. And we're cleaning up. 72 and, degrees You know today. what I mean? And all these calls you're getting. Uh-huh. And then you're having a tough day at 115 degrees. So, And my boys naturally wanted to go. But I comes home, and I'm in my, my house, and I'm praying, and I'm feeling sorry for myself. Hey, man. Being honest with you. Yeah. The Lord, it's like he spoke to my heart once again, and he said, think of what the disciples went through. To preach the gospel. Amen. Small price to pay. Have I not blessed you every day? Have I not give you what you need? You're living in a big, beautiful, air-conditioned house. Amen. Your family's all healthy. Amen. Have I not blessed you? And then I felt really small. I felt like, and I, I really, from that day forward, I got a bigger picture like that. You know what I mean? If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. God takes care of everything else. And he gave me a peace from that day on to not worry about all those things. Still go to work, still do all the deal, but it's just it was different. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like I was missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. I would have been missing out on something if I would have left and left the ministry that God had gave me. You know what I mean? Because that 20 years just flew by. What I would have done in the world wouldn't have mattered anyway if I'd have went and whatever I would have did work wise or anything wouldn't have mattered. But the twenty years of ministry, if one person's life got changed, should be more important than all that oh, other amen. stuff put together. Amen. Mm-hmm. So yes, Praise it was God. a struggle in the flesh at first, amen. but God released me of that. Mm-hmm. And my sons never really was much of a problem. They always like you know what I mean? They would work here and yeah. they just they really wasn't much like as far as like being rebellious or that. Thank God they were good on that and they worked Amen. and they did never complain much. And thank God, I'll be honest, when my kids were small, she used to raise them up in a godly house more than I did. Amen. She made only let them listen to Christian music. She was constantly ministered to them. Amen. Even when I wasn't going to church too much, she would take them to church every Sunday and go to church. She was actually in the ministry before I was, mm-hmm. Amen. which Amen. made it a lot easier. Me too. And so I believe, she's a keeper. And I believe that if God truly calls you into the ministry, Amen. he calls both. Amen. Oh, it has to be. Because it says the two are one flesh. So I don't believe anybody that's called into the ministry and there's a battle between one and the other. It just don't seem like that's right. It seems like if God calls you, he calls both. Amen. I agree. Because Amen. it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. It has. There can't be no strife in, you know what I mean, in a family not. serving the Lord. It has yes. to be one mind and one accord for, in order for it to be an effective ministry. That's what I believe. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's what, the way God said it's to be. You know what I mean? So we know it's right. We know it's the way God ordains that. Praise I believe God. that. I Amen. believe that. Amen. So I get to ask you one now. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> What's your vision for our church, our people in the future? And if there was somebody wanting to get into the ministry or not even so much the ministry, just serve God and do something around the church or anywhere, even not in the, what would you tell people? Well, my vision is, I believe the Lord's coming back soon. Amen. And my vision is that the Holy Spirit would move in the church in such a great way in these last days that all would get saved. Amen. That's my vision. My vision is that God puts into more of the younger 30-somethings, men, young men and women's hearts, to start preaching the gospel, going out into the world. We have plenty of opportunity here in this church will we'll yes. support any evangelistic ministry. Amen. We have a trailer out there that people can take out, Amen. set up and minister. We have, you know what I mean? Great opportunity Amen. for them to go do stuff for the Lord. Amen. And I would pray. My vision is that some of these younger men and younger women would get a fire shut up in their bones to want to go out and preach the gospel Amen. and that God would raise them up because you know, no, we're not going to be around forever. Right. The church you know what I mean? Pretty soon, I'm going to have to start using the ramp to go up to preach. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not right. getting any younger. Don't worry about it. And it goes by fast. Amen. And my vision Amen. is that God would start raising up young men and young women to take the burden. And just Amen. God raise them up to, to minister Amen. to our younger Amen. generation because we got a lot of young kids. Amen. That, And, you know, here's something the Lord put on my heart, too, for our people. Maybe I'm going off script here, but... It don't it's matter. something on the way over here, God <laughs> laid on my heart. That I've preached it in our church before, but it really is strong on me that this is for everybody, all men and women out there that maybe ain't serving God like they should, that's listening to this. You know, we all got saved. We was all on fire for God back in the 70s. Amen. And the Lord took us out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what... It happened. We was in bondage and death, and we had a hard taskmaster, and God took us out of Egypt. Amen. Okay. So like the children of Israel, I believe a lot of people, that's why God instituted the Passover feast. Amen. He instituted it in Exodus 12, and he told them to remind their children and their grandchildren of where God had taken them out of. Amen. Explain to them how evil of a place it was. Explain to them how bad it was. And I took you out of it. When they was took out of Egypt, he gave them all the wealth of Egypt, the gold and the silver, and they took it with them. Amen. And what they done was, instead of reminding their children and grandchildren of what God had took them out of, they worshipped the thing that he blessed them with, was the gold and silver. Mm-hmm. They reminded them of the And I believe a lot of her... People see our kids was never raised in that environment that we had at that time. Mm-hmm. They was raised in an in a environment of church, and they never really seen the Egypt that we know we was took out Amen. of as much mm-hmm. as we did. So it's our responsibility instead of worshiping Egypt and telling them how bad, how good Egypt was. Amen. We need to start telling them that Egypt is a place of death and bondage. Mm-hmm. We need to start showing them by example. That all the things of this world isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Amen. That we need to start showing them that what God took us out and what God delivered us from. That's That's our responsibility. And not show them that the things of this world is where it's at, but show them that the things of God is where we need to be worshiping. Amen. All that glitters ain't gold. Right. Amen. 
Do you have something you want to add, Bill? Just a wee piece of scripture when you was talking there in Romans 5. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what you had for the years that you decided to stay here. You realize the justification and the authority and the power of the Word of God. So he gave you peace at 115 degrees, and he blessed you, though, abundantly, financially, as good as you would do no matter where you went. Right. So that scripture tells us when we have faith in Jesus Christ and we listen to him, he's going to make a crooked road straight for us. Amen. 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 You have anything else you want to add, Charlie? Uh, I would just like to encourage everybody to press in. I believe we're living in the last seconds of time right now. Amen. And I would just like to encourage everybody to press in. I would like to encourage everybody to be in the house of God instead of being out in the world. The Bible, it isn't a good suggestion. The Bible tells us clearly in Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I'm paraphrasing it. Amen. Even more so as you see the day approaching. Amen. Well, you know, Satan knows that scripture too. Mm-hmm. And he's well. doing everything that he can to keep people out of the house of God. Amen. Amen. He's throwing every distraction that he can in their way. If Amen. it's the things of the world, if it's a football game, if it's a golf game, Amen. if it's a going to a show, if it's cleaning your car, if it's that you got offended in church, and things like that. He's using anything that he can to keep people Separate out of the house from- out of the house of God in the last days. And God said it's very important as you see the day approaching. Amen. Because Amen. to get together in the house of God and fellowship together and worship God together, you can't get the same anointing and Holy Spirit watching something no. on TV as you can when That's you're right. actually participating and you're there. No way. No way. And I would encourage everybody out there, stop playing around with it. Amen. Start getting into the house of God. Roll up your sleeves and start serving God. God didn't call us. You read about the talents, the Amen. people that he gave the talents to. He didn't call them to be a spectator. He called them to take what God gave them and use it. Amen. To bring his glory. Amen. And we're running Amen. out of time. Amen. So take that talent that you have and start using it for the Lord in these last days. Faith without works is dead. Amen. Okay. Um, anything else you want to add, Anime, Bill, before we close? I think. Charlie pretty well summed it up. Charlie, okay. Well, Charlie, we want to thank you for doing this interview with us, and we want to say we greatly appreciate everything you do for our church and our people and our town, and we appreciate you, and thank you for being here, Charlie. Amen. We love you. Love you too, guys. It's a privilege to do anything for the Lord. Amen. 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 I'll talk to you later at home. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you will. There's that car ride. Well, That's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.